You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, where you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for April 14th, 2023. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where, just three hours from this location, the Democrats will hold their 2024 nominating convention in my old hometown of Chicago. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. You know what we should talk about for a minute? What? August in Chicago. <laughs> I thought we were saving this for local news, but that's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. Just just mentioning August in Chicago is uh, not the optimal. I mean, it's a beautiful city. I love Chicago. Um, it, it was a great place to live, but thousands of Democrats packed into a convention center with all the hotels doubling their rates and booked solid is not my idea of a fun time. However... We're talking about whether or not we should go up there and, and meet yeah. with some people. So we're, we're talking about whether we can get credentialed. You know, they're not credentialing bloggers as much no. as they used to. Um, and we don't know. Maybe as podcasters, we can be credentialed. Uh, but then that's a work trip. That's right. And that's something that, you know, is some it's just something we have to think about. Right. So if you are going to be a delegate <laughs> Or if you are planning to be in Chicago uh, for the convention in whatever capacity you are and you love this podcast and you'd love to meet up with us, you can send us an email at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. That goes to both of us. Right. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and get an idea of what this whole trip thing might entail so that we can start planning one way or the other. Yeah. I guarantee you in terms of covering the convention, the best place to cover it is a air conditioned hotel room or living room yeah. with a yeah. television on. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and it's so. I mean it's there's a lot to do and it's a beautiful city like I said but it's just man that every every fiber of my being screams I hate large crowds, I hate hot weather, I hate you know conventions generally and it's like yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know what even though they're not credentialing bloggers, we could just go over to Substack and become, you know, professional writers <laughs> substack writers you could yeah. you could have done that years ago but yeah no no I you know and the other thing we should do even though it was only a few three years ago a no fair remembering stuff on the 2020 conventions a study in contrast yeah i think that's a great uh, because have... the democrats did a wonderful job in pandemic conditions of putting on a four-day infomercial that right. was really, really, really well produced Yep, and had great speeches. The Obamas, both of them gave like 18 or 19 minute speeches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Barack Obama just took Trump down with yeah. that speech. Yeah. And and it was just really well produced. And then you hear rumors from the White House and leaks from the Trump White House of him watching and saying, I want that for our convention, which is right. in two weeks. Right. Literally in two weeks, not him making up it's in two weeks. And his people having to scramble to put together to copy as the as he did the inauguration cake 
Right. Well, and and as his wife did, Michelle yeah. Obama's speech. Michelle Obama's convention speech. Right. Because they it. can't do anything originally good. No. To try to copy this and make it as good. And then where did they hold their convention drift class? The, the Republicans? In, in the, on the White House. On the White House lawn. Yeah. <laughs> because Whee! rules are for and, other people. You know, rules are for other people. Well, and, and there's a th- there's something to be said about uh, political conventions gathering in large cities like Chicago. If this were 1938, yeah, or 1942, and everybody's and was, coming by train, yes, right. tra- and there are literal smoke filled back rooms, and right. something happens in the back room that affects the convention, and Bobby Kennedy's running around on the convention floor, bending arms to get votes and having to do deals with Lyndon Johnson, or Reagan shows up. Mm-hmm. And everybody realizes, holy crap, we should have voted for Reagan instead of Gerald Ford. This is not an endorsement of Ronald Reagan, just a, a fact. But those of what things, his convention in 76, what right. the 76 convention was like. Right. Oh, crap. Right. We nominated the wrong guy. Right. Um, but those days are over. Uh-huh. There uh-huh. is nothing happening on a convention floor that anyone wants to see who's not well, there. When, when the Russian ambassador is there to make a deal on Ukraine. Well, yeah, then, but he's with, not on the, he's not on the, the with, with, if, with the campaign director who's working for quote unquote free. If he were on the stage doing like a wheel of corruption <laughs> and you know, like, weekend, like how much do I get for this? And how much do I get for that? That's entertainment. But you happen to get slide of him behind the, the scenes. It's, it's nothing. The Academy Awards lasts four hours, which is yeah. like three and a half hours too long. Right. And and its ratings are down. It's a bloated thing. But they at least they have the virtue of doing it all in one night. This whole kind of we're going to get together. I get it that, that, that activists like to meet up. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. Uh, consultants, this is where they pass out one million business cards mm-hmm. and try to line up work. I, I get it. I get it. But. I don't see any functional reason why conventions exist in this format uh, ever again. Because in, in public, right, in public, right. Everything that happens at a convention is works because it's televised or it mm-hmm. becomes mm-hmm. viral, mm-hmm. which is not a function of being on a floor. You have a big backdrop, you got a lot, a lot of balloons. That's great, but other than that, I don't see any reason for it. No one's going to listen to me, so we're going to be stuck in Chicago in August with six thousand of our closest friends screaming and jumping up and down and they're having a great time and that's wonderful but that ain't my scene unless and it brings a lot of money to the state and to the city yeah, which some. is why the rumor is that uh a certain governor yeah said to a certain president never mind the dnc we got this let, <clears> me, pat, let me pat your pocket here and say from me to you my friend i'll write the check you know that all these Democratic governors and all this deep bench talk about, you know, yeah. someone could, and they always skip over the Midwest. Yes, they, they do. Skip over J.B. Pritzker and Chicago and Illinois. And I don't know why, other than kind of he's roly poly and he's, yeah. he kind of looks, you know, like, I don't know, the guy who, he looks like the guy who runs the butcher shop. Yep, he does. You no, know, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't look like Gavin Newsom. Uh huh. He never dated, you know, what's, What's yeah. her name? He never dated Superman. That whore from Fox News. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't have any of that going for him. Right. But he's a billionaire and he's actually got his heart mostly in the right place. And he is really good at doing politics, it turns out. So, he is. He know? is. And he did call Biden. Yeah. And, he's, and there is no cost to the DNC in terms of 
infrastructure in Chicago to make this convention happen. He's going to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. You know, that I did a post so, this week on why we call this flyover country because yeah. it yeah. really is just, well, it's not happening on the coast, so it's not happening. It's, okay. Yeah. All right. There's a keep, lot happening in Illinois. If There's you want a keep lot listening. of manufacturing and growth and infrastructure and yeah. We are we are the California of the Midwest. We really are. And housing downstate is affordable still. So Well, and that's why you should vote for us on the Webby Awards because we're Oh, vote for us on the Webby Awards. Yeah. We aren't on the Webby Awards. No, we're not you, nominated. You did have me fooled there for a minute. You yeah. put that in our notes and I went, What? No. no. <laughs> we're we're uh, a little Midwest podcast and that's never gonna get nominated for any award out, out no. in the coastals. But, so that's but all right. we're glad to be here with you and in during a fire hose of Newsweek. Yeah. And both of us are tired because of keeping up with all of this. Yes. Um, Kurt Anderson, who's I've met before, and and he's a funny guy. Uh, he tweeted a summation of the Trump news, and it's almost more than we can absorb. Almost. Yes. <laughs> Quote: Fox's defamation trial for serving Trump's cult next week. Trump's defamation trial for calling his alleged rape victim a liar the following week as we await possible indictments from Georgia and Washington, D.C., that good old American sound of the wheels of justice turning. But here's the deal. All of this is happening in public while the defendant continues to fundraise and stink up the public square. And it's exhausting, and it's meant to be exhausting. I yep. cannot stress enough how this is meant to exhaust you, and meant it's meant to... It's designed to get you to throw up your hands. This is why Trump sued Michael Cohen, is not just to try to obstruct justice, which is his M.O., but to get you to go, oh, everybody's suing everybody, never mind. Uh, they, there's a huge difference in certain lawsuits, Trump's frivolous lawsuits and other more serious lawsuits. And I know you don't like this analogy, Driftglass, but it's my analogy, and I'm sticking to it. Run with it. Conservatism, white nationalism, white supremacy is an acid that eats away at this country. Oh, no, that's a fine analogy. And when the base, salve, calmness of truth and justice and honor and all of the things that the Justins brought to the news cycle this week mm -hmm. come out and jump into that acid and start neutralizing it. There's a lot of fizzing that goes on. Mm -hmm. And it really is just the acid being neutralized. Now you say, well, but it's not neutralized because it's still there. Yes, that's true. But the fizziness is what I'm talking about. And you're going to see a lot of, of churning in the news cycle that is designed to upset you and designed to get you glued to the set or rejecting the whole thing and saying, that's it. I'm, I'm going out to my garden. I don't want to deal with it at all. Right. And I just, I, I have, I say this because I'm cautioning myself, which is, you know, bathe in the light of truth. <laughs> just calmly realize this is this, all this churning that's going on uh, is a reaction to losing. Trump is losing. Fox news is really losing. Uh-huh. I can't, we're going to get into this, but when you make a judge this mad. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. On, or, you know, in an attempt to get away with something, forget about it. Uh, and <laughs> we're not going to get too deep into it. I, if you need to go and watch Tucker Carlson, 
No one needs interview that. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I insist that you do it through the lens of the Hal Sparks show where he watches yeah. it with you because that makes you. it much more you're able much more to digest it. But I was watching it through the Hal Sparks lens and I looked at both of these men and went, oh, this is what hell is like. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tucker Carlson having to nod to Donald Trump, who would much rather be on the golf course, but he has to lie for two hours. So he's going to sit there and lie for two hours Mm -hmm. because that's what brings the money in so he can go golf. Uh, It's amazing. And there's, I I might've commented somewhere on one of the many social media sites that I haven't been kicked off of yet, that Trump exists to provide Fox News content. Mm-hmm. Fox News exists to provide MSNBC content. Mm, yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I am, what's exhausting to me is the constant, here's the thing that Trump did. Oh my God, can you believe this guy? Um, <laughs> yep. Every hour on the hour, every minute on the minute, uh, up to the minute. Did you hear what he said last week? Did you hear what he said this week? And a panel of people going, oh my God, it's pretty terrible. Now, mm-hmm. they're right. They're right. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But mm-hmm. I am not interested in Donald Trump quad Donald Trump. Yeah. He's yeah. boring. Yep. I'm not interested in the Republican Party, in the leadership, and the elected officials. I'm interested in the base of the party. Yeah. I'm interested in the people who keep voting for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. The people who do not want to leave the bubble. The people who will not be neutralized by any truth at all. Right. But who will get angrier and more violent. And I'm interested in how they got that way. And that is, yeah. the, that is the one conversation. We have 24-hour cable news. We have we have more never-Trumpers than you can shake a stick at. People who lived through this, who were there the whole time, who saw the whole battlefield, who participated in it for 20, 30 fucking years. And the one question they will not talk about is how the hell did the base get to be this way? Because they know it's because they did it. They mm-hmm. built it. And they don't want to talk about that. Well, you're so, never allowed to talk about the voters because the voters are also the consumers. So you're only allowed, Well, yeah. you're allowed to talk about the base and then Americans. Yeah. Or yeah. the extreme yeah. left and Americans. And so they're different <laughs> groups, entirely yeah. different groups that have nothing to do with each other. Um, and speaking of people who should have, whose sell by date was about 20 years ago, Andrew Sullivan has struck again. <laughs> Very exciting news in the Andrew Sullivan world where he is hanging on to the spotlight by his fingernails. And so he has to get increasingly more obnoxious and assholeish and racist. So on social media yesterday, someone brought this to my attention because Andrew Sullivan now blocks me, which is a blessing. I'm now in the club. I, I get blocked by all the best people. I really yeah, you do. do. I, you do. I have right to left, uh, top to bottom. I, I will match my block list to anyone else's. Here's Andrew Sullivan. In the years since BLM rioted, the number of black children murdered has soared. Explicitly wow. linking Black Lives Matter, which didn't riot, with the murder of black children. And then he just steps back and is defended by a bunch of MAGA lunatics and, and, and Republican bots. And I, I just, the only thing I did was since he blocked me, I had to use an alternate account I say, yeah. And in the years since gay marriage was legalized, mm-hmm. America elected a fascist and Russia invaded Ukraine. Now, does one have anything to do with the other? Of course not. But Andrew Sullivan, like Matt Taibbi, like Glenn Greenwald, like the rest of them, make their money by being ever more ridiculously outrageous and obnoxious and offensive and often racist because that's what gets them invited onto Bill Maher's show. Right. So I'm done with it for now. 
Uh, he doesn't appear on my feed anymore because, again, like, like I said, he blocked me. So I count my blessings until the day comes when someone, uh, enough readers say, did you see this? And I have to respond because I'm a man of good conscience and I try to give my readers what they want. <laughs> and when the third or 30th person sends you a clip, you have to say something. I kind of, yes. I kind of feel obliged. Yeah. I do. Uh, Tucker Carlson, in addition to experiencing hell, uh, his future, <laughs> mm-hmm. interviewing Donald Trump in a gold-plated room, uh, he went all in on the racism this week, which is another yeah. sign that he's losing. If you want to, if you want to back up your audience and make sure they're listening to you, go in all in on the racism. Uh, th- but this was going really far, even for Tucker Carlson. It was a sickening tirade against Tennessee state lawmaker uh, Justin Pearson, who Tucker said Wednesday night speaks like a sharecropper and yeah. only got into college because he's black. And you just know that all of the 55-plus non-college attending Tucker Carlson viewers are positive they didn't get into college because of that undeserving 28-year-old black guy. Yep, those blacks, you know how they are. They take all my stuff. They took my stuff uh, 30 years later. Um, Fun fact, you probably already know this, but the only reason Tucker Carlson's stupid son Buckley got into Georgetown University was because Carlson begged Hunter Biden to write a letter to Georgetown on Buckley's behalf, and Hunter Biden obliged him. That's not because he's Hunter a nice Biden. guy. That's not Hunter Biden of Hunter Biden's laptop fame, is it? Yes, it he is. Appears as a laptop ghost uh, every night on Tucker Carlson's show. There is no Hunter ghost? Biden laptop. No, there isn't. It doesn't exist. There's nothing left. There's no physical object. Um, and speaking of people who get gutted. Um, <laughs> Mehdi Hassan absolutely gutted Matt Taibbi this week, like a trout. I mean, left him flopping on the dock, gasping for air. And then Elon Musk dumped him. And honestly, he should have learned from Glenn Greenwald because back when Matt Taibbi was scrambling to get on board with The Intercept and Glenn Greenwald, he should have taken the lesson. You get the money up front, stupid. You don't wait for them to pay you because they're never going to pay you. Now, one of my pet peeves, in addition to people who use the phrase, um, at some point in time. Yeah. Sooner or later, because those days never come. Um, when someone says, when they're talking about a story, when they're writing a headline, when I read a headline, it says, so-and-so was smashed. He was crushed. He was destroyed. I see lazy headline writing from someone who desperately wants clicks. And I always read the story and go, yeah, somebody said something uh, true about some right-wing asshole who doesn't care. Couldn't give a shit that you said it and is not going to affect them in any way. And they weren't destroyed at all and quit calling smashed, smashed when it's not smashed. I know it's it's cheap and easy writing, but it doesn't get the job done. But in this case, in this case, yeah, he kind of got destroyed. He kind of got his career set on fire because in this case, Matt Taibbi actually went on Hassan's show, insisted on going on his show to debate him mm-hmm. and got shellacked face to face. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. And Mehdi Hassan went through his entire, you know, Twitter files bullshit, pointed out that the organization he was citing isn't the organization he's talking about, that the one he's talking about is not a government organization, pointed out the fact that the millions and 20 something million tweets that he's referring to are in fact just the ones they were analyzing for the data flow, that the actual ones they flagged were a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of that. And they, they didn't get, um, pulled that everything he had reported 
all of it was bullshit. And Taibi is just stumbling and bumbling and backing up. And the only thing I can I can compare it to is in high school debate, my partner and I were debating a freshman team from some school that had clearly been thrown into the round at the last minute just to fill out the schedule. They didn't know how to present evidence. They didn't know about speaking. They didn't know anything. They hmm. were just standing up there getting butchered by my partner. And they were freshmen? They were freshmen. Oh. And, and I felt I bad. I was, we were kicking it. We, we were like sophomores or juniors, but we were actually knew what we were doing. And we were kicking the crap out of these poor kids. And, you know, they were like, when you're in cross-examination, you always address the judge. They were looking directly at us and asking us, why do you think our case is so bad? You know, it's just, it's, it was very, very bad. <laughs> and the judge, being merciful, stopped the round and said, mm-hmm. look, clearly you guys don't know what you're doing. We're going we're gonna to stop this round and we're going to devote the next hour or 45 minutes to discussing debate, how debate should be done. You Great. guys over there from Rich East, you guys won. Put this in the W column. The round is over. I'm judging you having won. This is just getting sad. So we're going to show you, we're going to spend the next bit of time learning about how debate works. And that was a decent and honorable thing to do. It was. I hope it helped them. Taibi got that kind of treatment and there was Mm -hmm. no one there to stop it. He just getting backed up and backed up and getting slapped around. And then Elon Musk dumps him because now he's no longer of any use to Elon Musk. Well, and, and now, also it had to do with Substack, didn't it? That yes. Substack is taking traffic and attention away from Twitter. Elon Musk. Twitter. So I'm going to not allow Substack on my on Which my. Which is how Taibi makes his money. Right. <laughs> so, and so yeah. Matt Taibi has finally gone that extra mile and abandoned Twitter for, now wait for it, wait for it. Is he on Spoutable? No, he's not. Is he on Post? No, he's not. He's on Truth Social. Oh, he's on Lord. Donald Trump's Truth Social. And I just look around and see these people who were like, you know, preeminent liberal or left leaning, you know, fine. Like they have just, wow. So I hope this is why we're not going to the convention this year, honey. Cause there's a, there's a 50 <laughs> chance we'll see Matt Taibbi there and Glenn Greenwald. And I don't want to have drinks with them because I know how that will end. <laughs> oh Lord. Well, Matt, that's the one place where, there will still be people who believe in the Twitter files. Yeah. So, I mean, he's chasing the dollar. That's all he's doing. Well, he's chasing uh, something. I don't know what happened to these people. I don't know if someone in Russia is yanking his chain because they have yeah. dirt on him from the infamously obnoxious and probably criminal. Yep. He was pulling in Russia when he was living over there. But something happened. And one day yeah. when we're all in heaven sharing stories, we'll find out what happened to all these people. But for now... I, it's just sad that this guy has completely lost his shit. It's sad that Andrew Sullivan is such a complete whore that he's willing to, you know, say anything to get attention. And it's sad that Glenn Greenwald, well, not really, because he got a lot of money and he gets to retire to Brazil, live on a mountaintop with dogs and his husband. So good for him. Well, I really feel like there's no sunlight between Kristen Cinema and uh, Andrew Sullivan. Yeah. That they're, they're genuinely terrible people. But, oh, look, she's and she wears bright colors and she's funny and oh we love her and yikes and she's running as a democrat and then oh wait oh, she's what? this oh and my gosh, andrew sullivan oh he's got such great links and he links to dogs and he's got cute pictures of his window and and he's got all the links everybody sends him links and we got to go see the links and pro-gay marriage very pro-gay and he's, marriage. Pro, he's gay and pro-gay marriage so we love that and then you know he, he believes in the bell curve right like, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. He's always been terrible. But, you know, yeah. 
we have a letter here from alert listener John. Uh, and we've edited this down a little bit for time, but thank you very much for writing us, John. Good morning, DG and BG. So who's going to be the worst person this early April? Is it David Brooks? Is it Brett Stevens? Whoa, my God, it's Frank Luntz with a steel chair. (laughs) And this is from the New York Times op-ed page. Frank Luntz, quote, There is one conundrum that fascinates me above others. Why does Donald Trump still generate such loyalty and devotion? Yeah, why, Frank? Why? Tell us. (laughs) And that's what John asked. Why? Really, Frank? Why? Really? Donald Trump still generates loyalty in the GOP base because you helped program them to produce blind, unwavering loyalty to monsters for literally decades. That's why, Frank. That's why. I know the answer. It's you, Frank. But of course, saying such things is verboten. Good fucking God, these asshole hacks, says John. And John finally says, I'll spare you my reading of the rest of the article, save to say... It's part nostalgia for Republican respectability mm-hmm. and part unapologetic Trump administration porn. Quote, we didn't like the tweets, but he was a great president, unquote. I.e. Yeah. same shit, different day. He was a shitty president. And Luntz is intelligent enough to know it. But, you know, narrative and all yeah. that. Gotta yeah, and you narrative. can't. Frank Luntz can never say Donald Trump supporters are idiots. No. Programmable, they, reprogrammable <clears throat> bags, right? No, they paid for that fake White House he built for himself in his own yep. house. Yep. And, yep. And, but that, that's the point. That is the point. The, yep. the one conversation, this is why No Fair Remembering Stuff is such a vital mm-hmm. podcast, and you should definitely like and subscribe to it, um, <laughs> is because the, the essence of every problem that you see in front of you today is the result of 30, 40, 50, 60 years of hard labor by conservatives who are turning the Republican Party into a into a, an army of reprogrammable meatbags and pundits who were saying there's no difference between the parties. There's no difference between the parties. Both sides do it. It's, it's, it's always both sides. They were training the independents and centrists to automatically discount anything that the conservatives did. Speaking of which, a gentleman named Airbag Moments Sent along this, asking the, the musical question. Everybody says David Brooks is the king of both sides do it, but don't sleep on George Will. Because this was George Will's words of wisdom. And wait for the, see if you can spot the razor in the apple. Quote, today's solidarity in animosity makes Henry Adams' definition of politics as the systematic organization of hatreds more accurate than it was when he wrote it in his 1907 autobiography, The Education of Henry Adams. On the left, as well as the right, there you go. Bing, 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 bing. There are those who, with hostility oozing from every pore, fit George Santayana's description. That's two name drops in one paragraph of a barbarian, someone who thinks his passions are their own excuse for existing. No, George, it's your fucking party. You built it. You get to sleep with it now. And the people, honestly, honestly, I get asked this quite a bit on social media, what to do, what to do, what to do. Take out the center and the right will fall. Destroy the both sides do it bullshit artists who make everything possible from the career of George Will to no labels, and the right will fall because the centrists and the independents who are not centrist and are not independent will have no place left to hide. And believe me, I want to thank every one of our readers and listeners for making 
both sides do it, a punchline. Both sides do it is a punchline. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And bless your hearts for doing that. Just keep up the good work and we'll all meet in Chicago or in heaven, whichever comes first. <laughs> Uh, Justin Pearson and Justin Jones have now both been restored to their seats in the Tennessee state legislature from which the racist Republican majority had expelled them and newly released audio from a Republican conference meeting shows that Tennessee Republicans are super mad at who at the two African-American gentlemen. No, no, they're mad at their two GOP colleagues who voted against expelling the white lady. Because that made them look racist. Yeah. Yep. That was a, that was the mistake. That was the big mistake. Yeah. And honestly, listening to, you know, the few Never Trumper podcasts I listened to, it was. Because it was like, you know, they could have gotten away with it except for the white lady. <laughs> you know? And, and that tripped us up because then they never would have caught on that we're a bunch of racist assholes. Except, of course, they are a bunch of racist assholes. And we all know it. Um, well, and that moment that I was editing our podcast last week when that happened mm -hmm. and it came across my Twitter stream that they had expelled two African-American representatives and the white woman that stood with them in the well mm -hmm. had her job had been preserved and she came out and said it's the color of my skin you maybe it's the color of my skin and uh Elie Mistel said you know she's trying to be an ally good for her you know she yep. really is standing with them and I came out. You were putting boards on the deck. I was. That's my job <laughs> these days. He's this. He's redoing our deck one yeah. board at a time. One. And I came out to the deck, and you stood up and said, "Oh, I got to come in and talk to you because you're crying." And I was just, "This can't be my country. They, well, these people can't have this kind of power." It's not your country. It's the Confederacy, honey. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And and but the, the man. More and I agree with your your base and acid mm -hmm. um, analogy. Yeah. But I also believe the more they're cornered, the angrier and more violent they'll get. The more acidic they get. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's just that's just the nature of things. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that puts us in a, in a very bad place because if you try to calm them down by cooperating and finding yeah, a middle right. ground, appeasing, they sniff that as weakness and attack. Mm -hmm. If you try to drive them into a corner, they get violent and attack. There's no strategy left that involves treating them as a civilized human being. They are an internal, uh, dedicated, locked-in enemy who is either going to take us all down or die trying. Yeah. And that's the, that's the sort of the mindset we have to live with, that they're just mm -hmm. not going to change. You want to talk about Charlie Sykes for a moment, Drift Class? Yeah. You know, he's been on my mind. Uh, basically because he's been on MSNBC every goddamn day. No, I, I, I listened I listened to them because I, I'm listening for really specific things that our allies are doing to undermine us. And Charlie Sykes is a big fan of what I call aspirational conservatism. The conservatism that never existed, that never will exist, but he thinks it might have existed or should have existed or could have existed. And he's very, very unhappy when it turns out that the Republican Party was actually a racist shithole all along. And he, he keeps finding out in, in a manner that he's just shocked that one movement or group or club or enterprise he's a part of, the Republican Party, the conservative movement, the, the right-wing conservative media, all turned out to be exactly what liberals said they were. And every single time he finds this out, he is shocked and appalled. And every single time he is shocked and appalled, he goes on 
MSNBC to announce the fact that he suddenly discovered that the Republican Party is full of Republicans or the conservative media is basically a toxic shithole. And everyone goes, yeah, man, that was a complete shock to us, too. Nobody could have seen that coming. How did that happen? So uh, he has had a big sad running for two days now over the pro-life movement that he was also a part of. The first thing that made him very, very sad was that he was on the Morning Joe panel and just stop and think about that because, you know, that's a seat that it had it should have a liberal in it and doesn't. But he was on the Morning Joe panel and he's he was very sad because he was the only pro-lifer there. Very sad. But he's really sad that the pro-life movement did not use its wonderful victory in getting Roe overturned to pivot to become the more open-hearted, inclusive, persuadable, persuasive movement that he knows they really are at heart. That once they got the once they took all your rights away from you, then we can get about the business of persuading people and being <laughs> more like more like adoption friendly and open-hearted <laughs> and kind. And like, and he's shocked to discover the pro-life movement, which he has been a member of his whole life and a leader of, is actually a bunch of uh, reactionary lunatic misogynists i think is the word you're looking for yes well that too um and he was just horrified to discover that they didn't use the opportunity presented to them by the crackpot right-wing court that he helped build taking away people's rights which he thinks should be taken away from them and use that as an opportunity to extend a hand across the aisle and start building a network a truly pro-life network in this country and he was just very very sad that they did that which literally anyone who wasn't Charlie Sykes knew was true. So either he's the stupidest man I've ever seen with a microphone in front of him who has a consistent job in the media, or he's just lying all the time. He lies about not knowing the Republican Party is full of Republicans. He's lying about conservative media suddenly becoming this horrible place. And he's certainly fucking well lying about the pro-life movement suddenly coming out as angry and vicious and you know the people who blow up clinics murder doctors this all came as a complete shock to him thrift class a woman yeah. in florida was pregnant and her placenta separated and what should have happened to her is she should have received care from a doctor what? yes and that care would have involved an abortion because she was losing the pregnancy right and was about to hemorrhage and instead, she went to a public restroom where she lost half her blood because doctors were terrified by Florida law to give her health care. Uh-huh. And so I, I want to reread this note, this in our notes, not using its victory. Charlie Sykes is upset that the pro-life movement is not using its victory in getting Roe overturned to pivot to a more open-hearted, inclusive persuasion movement to a woman who lost half her blood in a public restroom. You fuck. Well, and I want to make sure that he understands, because I know that at least one person over there listens to this podcast. Um, this is what you worked for your whole life. This party, this conservative media, and this pro-life movement is exactly what you worked for your whole life. And now you're sitting back shocked that it turned out exactly the way the liberals told you is going to work out. Correct. Exactly as you didn't realize when Bill O'Reilly was, was talking about killer, the baby killer, and then he was assassinated that this was the, these were the people you were with. You look to your left and there's a Klansman. You look to your right, there's a Nazi. Are you on the wrong bus? 
Or are you just misreading the signs? Or maybe the people who told you over and over again that this is the nature of your party and movement were right all along. And once again, this is why we don't talk about the past, because we'd have to bring up the unpleasant fact that you missed all the signs. And if you're really that stupid, why do you have a microphone in front of you? And why are you sitting on the Morning Joe panel? Because you don't know shit. Making six figures as an NBC contributor. Now, one of the things that I do want to mention is a guy named John Harwood, who I think is a nice guy. He's a good reporter. He's very good on social media, but he does seem to get really accommodating when he's sitting. He's not Mehdi Hassan. He's not there with knives out. He doesn't want to make the host mad. That's not his job at the the MSNBC suits upstairs. Expect him to have. Mehdi Hassan has that job. Right. But this is John Harwood was on with Charlie Sykes. Mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. I think. And Charlie Sykes used the uh, Never Trump mantra, the last seven years, the last seven years, these last seven years, like 30 times in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We want to establish the fact that we're not talking about anything before the last seven years. We're not going to fucking mention the past. But he talked about it and talked about it. And John Harwood said, well, you know, Charlie, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, you got to talk about the uh, exodus from the, the Democratic Party in the 60s when the Democrats signed the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act and a bunch of white Southern racists left the party and joined the Republicans. Cool. Okay. So now we've established a point in time, 1964, 1963, 1965. And, and now what, John Harwood? What happened next? But then he just jumped straight to Donald Trump. And I really want to know what happened in between, man. What happened between 1963, 64 and today? to make these people this way. And the answer to that question is sitting right in front of you, John Harwood. The answer is Charlie Sykes happened. People like Charlie Sykes happened and they damn well know it. And they carry it with them all day long, which is why they have colonized MSNBC, which is why it is virtually verboten to talk about the past. And if you do talk about the past, you'll notice that Mr. Sykes sits there very quietly and doesn't say anything and doesn't say anything and doesn't say anything and talk about Rush Limbaugh, and doesn't say anything, and then he changes the subject. Because we definitely don't want to talk about the fact that the Republican Party, as it exists today, was built by these men over time for money and for power. And when it finally rose up and bit them in the ass, the one thing they cannot say, because their heads will fucking explode, is holy shit, the liberals were right all along. Period. So getting back to Tennessee for a moment, because the final nail in the steel and sexton's coffin is coming later today. We are told that by the time you listen to this, we will have learned that the racist speaker of the Tennessee House, Cameron Sexton, used a straw man to buy his Nashville house, then set up a shell company to pay himself stolen state funds in the form of phantom per diem expenses, because... He gets all these travel expenses for living outside Nashville when he didn't. Now, look, uh, if you're going to steal money that way, you got to be a Supreme Court justice to do it because <laughs> yep. you can't just be any <laughs> schlub in some state party. You got to be in a position where you have no accountability to anyone. You get away with murder. Like, say, I don't know, Clarence Thomas. Hey, speaking of Clarence Thomas, blue gal, turns yeah. out eight pundits who've been defending Clarence Thomas and his billionaire benefactor. The ones who rushed in to say Harlan Crow's Nazi memorabilia collection and his gifts to Clarence Thomas. Oh, that's just a bunch of crazy talk. Don't just ignore that. Uh, they did all that without disclosing the fact they have major financial and professional ties 
to Harlan Crow. There's a long and detailed expose of the financial and professional ties they have to him in The Lever, and we'll put a uh, link to that in our show notes. But these are a few excerpts my wife was able to stomach and put in our notes, and I'll read them now. <laughs> Ilya Shapiro called the Crow Revelation a nothing burger. Shapiro is a senior fellow at the right-wing think tank, the Manhattan Institute. Harlan Crow's wife, Kathy, sits on the Manhattan Institute Board of Trustees. Yay! Jonah Goldberg and David French, who have both been paid writers for the dispatch, uh, Goldberg defended Crow, and French also called Crow deeply patriotic person. Harlan Crow is a minority investor in the dispatch and friends of the founders. Charles Murray, who we mentioned a little while ago, of Charles Murray, the bell curve fame, one of Andrew Sullivan's favorite people in the whole world, a longtime American Enterprise Institute scholar and mainstreamer of racist pseudoscience, sang Crow's praises and dedicated his latest book to Harlan Crow. Crow himself sits on the board of trustees to the American Enterprise Institute. And now it's time for Stuart Stevens to retitle his book from It Was All a Lie to It Is All a Scam. Yes, that's right. That's right. Meanwhile, there's more ProPublica bombshells today. Harlan Crow paid Clarence Thomas for property. The law, you know, the law, Driftglass? I've heard of it. The law that the Supreme Court justices are supposed to interpret. I I hear it's um, like the the pellucid ether. It exists up there somewhere, (laughs) but you can't really see it or touch it or it doesn't really work and it isn't really there. The law explicitly requires disclosure of property sales. Plain black and white laid out. Thomas didn't disclose anything. Thomas's signature, you know, kind of like on a check used to reimburse your lawyer for porn star hush money. Yeah. There's a signature. There's ah. a piece of paper with a signature on the undisclosed land deal. ProPublica has a copy of the transfer with Thomas's signature on it. So you know, it, there's it's that. Th- it's sad that. Do you think this is the last time we'll have a disclosure problem with uh, Clarence Thomas? I think it's sad that Stringer Bell, a fictional character from The Wire, is better at doing crime than Clarence Thomas, who is a Supreme Court uh-huh. judge. But you know what? Because Stringer Bell knew that if he screwed up, people would come for him and he would not live to see the morning. Whereas right. Clarence Thomas knows nobody's going to ever hold me accountable for anything, so fuck it. My wife can be a, a, a seditionist lunatic. Mm-hmm. Who cares? My friends can be monsters, but why can't I have friends? And I can rule on court cases that directly affect my friends. Because all of my other friends on the conservative Supreme Court, that people like Charlie Sykes and people like George Will and people like Donald Trump and people like Mitch McConnell worked all their lives to pack full of lunatics, now are no longer accountable to anybody for anything. So, yay! They're they're appointed for life, along with the judge who, you know, made the abortion pill illegal. Yep. For reasons. Yep. So, Uh, yeah, we're going to be living with this for a long, long, long time. However, I think it's time to calm down and get onto a happier subject called well, News Roundup. News Roundup. I, I yeah. just want to mention one other thing, which is someone on Twitter said uh, that he was kind of amazed that all these right-wing pundits were uh, making excuses for collecting Adolf Hitler's China and tea sets by saying, oh, you know, Hitler's just this guy you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I said... You leave Zaphod Bebobrox's name out of this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I, News I know Roundup. Zephod, I know Zaphod Bebobrox. I was friends with Zaphod Bebobrox. Hitler is no Zaphod Bebobrox. Hey, Adolf Hitler.
Butler is no Zaphod Bebo Brox. No. All right. You want to jump? All right. But he is just this guy, you know. Okay. Uh, Net. Yes. NBC News goes full New York Times pitch bot because apparently it's a contest now. Uh, in its interview with Ted Cruz, this is just remarkable. Quote, eyeing re-election, Ted Cruz seeks to burnish a bipartisan image. It's a tricky balancing act for the senator. <laughs> yeah, so tricky. Might have to leave the country during a blizzard to, to you know, <laughs> rebalance his, his inner ear problem. <laughs> it's a tricky balancing act for the senator. Staying true to his right-wing firebrand persona. Oh, that's what we're calling it. Yeah. While reaching out to the Texas swing voters who nearly sent him packing in 2018. Unquote. This was Easter week. This is written by an intern. Yeah. So Uh, everybody's on vacation over there and they had an 18 year old write this. I have nothing to say about this other than my brother used to own a firebrand persona. It was a piece of shit car. It never ran right. Um, (laughs) It had a T top, which is kind of cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, it it, it was always, and eventually he gave it away or it crashed or fell off a cliff or something. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I don't think they the, the word burnished means what they think it means, <laughs> or bipartisan, or persona, or really any of the words in this sentence. Actually, they un- don't understand. I don't think there's any, any rule in the style book they consulted for what those words mean. Uh, but let's move on to Arkansas, where the governor, Sarah Huckabee, ever heard of her, requires applicants for state boards and commissions to answer this question in 500 words or less. What is an accomplishment of the governor's that you most admire? Well, you know, I've got a lot of answers to that question that don't bear repeating on a podcast that might <laughs> get leaked in Arkansas. Uh, I Maybe that she can deep throat a corn dog better than anybody else I've ever seen. But other than that, I am just completely unshocked and unsurprised that Sarah Nepo Baby Huckabee is using her office to drive that state back as far into the dark ages as possible and making people applying for state work, write flattering essays, just like I'm sure she had to do what everyone crowded around Donald Trump to explain why he was the greatest ever and applaud him. Oh, you're the finest president ever made. That's what they do. Now you gather around the elected official and you you tell them how wonderful they are. Nobody makes a hello fascist at home meal kit like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That's true. That's true. She put a lot of hello fascist kids through college, you know, (laughs) How dare you use my gay hookups against me, says anti-gay Republican. <clears throat> this is a repeating theme yeah. this week in the news. Yeah. And I'm with Driftglass. There are some stories that just turn your stomach that involve children and rape and incest and so forth. And Republicans. That, and Republicans. There's always a Republican. Guess which party? A pro-life, pro-evangelical Republican. Mm-hmm. churchman all the time uh that you know it, we didn't want to get into listing all of those this week they're out there uh and i will note that the gay sex crimes and and non-gay sex crimes sex offenders that are listed in diaries at crooks at uh, not crooks and liars at uh, daily coast they're up to part 41 yeah yep uh there's a there's a trend there and a and a psychosis there uh, and a lot of victims there and that's um, and I'm sorry to anyone out there who's triggered by this I this guy Peter Schmidt 
Wisconsin GOP candidate, said his same-sex hookups were used against him in an extortion attempt. How dare they? Allegedly, there is video of him allegedly giving a blowjob to one of his farm employees, allegedly. Yeah. And how dare they? <laughs> how dare you use my same-sex hookups, anti-gay <laughs> Wisconsin GOP candidate says publicly <laughs> to people, to humans, you know? And, and I'm sure there's at least five guys out there going, yeah, yeah, that's totally unfair, man. How dare you? You know, rules he's, are for other he's people. pro-family. You know, yeah. they're yeah. just going after him because he's pro-family. That's right. What if my private life and my private activity have nothing to do with the legislation I want to pass to make what I do privately illegal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, following Tucker Carlson's explicit instructions, Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott says he is now working as swiftly as possible to pardon a murderer, a U.S. Army sergeant who was just convicted Friday of murdering a Black Lives Matter protester in 2020, just blocks from the Texas state capitol. Daniel Perry was also convicted of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for fatally shooting 28-year-old Air Force veteran Garrett Foster. I'm sorry, I don't know. I haven't looked this up, but and I don't know whether he was convicted of first-degree murder, but he was certainly guilty of first-degree murder. He talked about going and killing a BLM protester yeah. ahead of time. Yeah, and this is literally Tucker Carlson issuing yeah. instructions to a Texas governor who will, who saluted and who's now carrying out the orders he's getting from... Rupert Murdoch via Tucker Carlson. That's that's the country you live in now. So we have a Trump campaign official a month before Trump's phone call to Brad Raffensperger admitting that the campaign knew that there were no issues with the voting machines in Georgia. This call was just three days before Rudy Giuliani said this to the Georgia Senate under oath. Our people have inspected 22 Dominion machines. Those machines are like Swiss cheese. In that they are delicious? I don't... I, I... <laughs> so Donald Trump is suing Michael Cohen for $50 million, billion, bazillion dollars over allegations that his former attorney violated their attorney-client relationship. Oh, no, violated relationship. And breached a confidentiality agreement. Trump accused Cohen, a key witness in the criminal case against him, of revealing, quote, confidences in an, quote, embarrassing or detrimental way, including falsehoods about Trump with, quote, malicious intent, and to wholly self-serving ends. A Trump lawyer added without evidence that Cohen lied to the judge. He lied to the prosecutors. He's just a lying liar who lies. He lied to his employers. He lied to his own attorneys. Ah, rage, be angry, be angry at this guy who's telling the truth about Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Cohen's lawyer said Trump appears once again to be using and abusing the judicial system as a form of harassment and intimidation, which is really all he knows how to do with the judicial system. He should be fined $500 million for doing that. That's what yeah. they should do. Mm-hmm. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who, by the way, is on his second envelope of mysterious white powder being mailed to him by a MAGA person, at mm-hmm. least, has sued Jim Jordan to keep the House Judiciary Committee from interfering in his prosecution of Trump. In a 50-page lawsuit, Bragg describes a, quote, transparent campaign to intimidate and attack his office by Jordan and others, calling it, quote, an unprecedentedly brazen and unconstitutional attack by members of Congress on the prosecution and investigation of Trump. Two things. Jordan and House Republicans met in Florida 
to plan their attack on Bragg. Mm -hmm. That's conspiracy. I've said that before. Secondly, Mm -hmm. who did Jim Jordan run to? He ran over to Fox and started talking about how persecuted he was by Alvin Bragg. And third, just to add this, his weaponizing bullshit stuff oh my God. completely imploded. I mean, yep. it 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 just splattered shit everywhere. The the only saving grace, it was so bad and so stupid that nobody remembers it even happened. So, you know, well, we the memory hole of Fox News is going to pretend it never happened. Yeah. So, um, and everybody's spending time in court these days. Uh, the Biden administration appealed a ruling by a federal judge in Texas that would block access to the widely used abortion drug. Mifeprestone. On Friday, a federal judge in Texas suspended the FDA's 23-year-old approval of the abortion pill, while another federal judge in Washington state ordered the FDA to keep the pill available. Judge versus judge. Tuesday morning, the Fifth Circuit tried to split the difference with a sensible centrist solution. You know who these rulings are pissing off? Big Pharma and their lawyers and lobbyists. And that's, Big time. That's Big time. Make, this is messing yeah. with their business model. How dare well, you? They don't, they don't know. I'm, you know, just to say, even if it wasn't big pharma, it would be like, is this perfectly safe and legal drug that we've been selling for 23 years now not going to be able to be sold in this country? Yeah. Tell us. And how does that ha- affect every other drug the FDA yeah. has has approved? And well, how does that affect every other drug that has political inflections? Right. You know, prep right. for gay people who don't want to. Oh, absolutely. That's on their list. All yeah. the shit, you know, that. If we're going to do all politics all the time, or if we're going to filter every drug in America through the first of all, let's take Viagra to court because a lot of a lot of guys uh-huh. are walking around with a lot of boners they shouldn't have, so right. that makes them dangerous. It's God's will, drift glass. Yeah, but if we're just going to put <laughs> you know crackpot judges in charge of things that science should be in charge of, and and let them rule on perfectly safe drugs because they don't like the politics, we're just it's just going to get so bad so fast. A gunman killed four people and nine others were injured in a mass shooting at a bank in Louisville, Kentucky. The gunman was an employee of Old National Bank and used an AR-15 style rifle. He live streamed the attack on Instagram. He was shot and killed after exchanging gunfire with the police. There have been at least 145 mass shootings in the U.S. since January 1st of this year. This year, this year, you know. And I had to double check to make sure that that was, nope, 145 this year. And it's just going to go on and on until we take their guns away. Um, Senator Mike Moon reiterates support for 12-year-olds' right to marry in Missouri. God, God damn, we're back in Missouri again. During debate Tuesday on a bill banning gender-affirming care for transgender minors, Missouri State Senator Mike Moon suggested children as young as 12 should have the right to marry with parental permission. Quote, do you know any kids who have been married at the age of 12? I do. And guess what? They're still married. Moon said in response to questioning by Democratic State Representative Peter Meredith. I I can't even. I mean, the, the, whole, the whole political weirdness and evil of the Republican Party is right there in this paragraph, which is mm-hmm. I, I believe children should, be, should have the right to be married off to adults if their parents are okay at the age of 12. Because parents know best, and children know what love is, and children know what's good for them. But gender-affirming care? No, 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 no. That is not something any parent or child should have any say in. I, Mike Moon, should be able to tell them what to think and do and say and what treatment they can and can't have, regardless of their age or regardless of what their doctors say. 
Because Old Testament patriarch is, is how I think everything should li- should be. And you know how yeah. you keep all these people in line? The next line in our notes. Yeah. Missouri House GOP votes to defund all public libraries in the state. And I had a text conversation with the youngest child who was in Missouri uh-huh. uh, going to school last night after this happened. Um, and I sent her a Twitter thread about it. And she said, it's tiring being in this country. I'm tired. And I said, I know part of me wishes I could haul you back to Illinois. Missouri legislature is one of the worst. And she said, quite literally, but I'm here. I need to be here. If we don't fight, who will? Just because I'm tired doesn't mean trans youth shouldn't be taken care of or the issues shouldn't be talked about. Wow. She sounds like your child, Blue Gal. She sounds like, I said, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> that's my girl. We yeah. know why she went there. She said, yeah. there's more There's more opportunity to protest in Missouri yeah. well, than in Illinois. So I'm going to where, they're, where the battle is. Well, you know? and I, I wrote Hunter Biden a long letter begging him to write a letter to get her into that <laughs> so school. So she could get into UMSL? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he asked, who are you and why are you writing Who are me? you? University of where? Um, she's she's in the Honors College at University of Missouri-St. Louis. We're yeah. very proud of her. She's doing very well. But I'm scared. But I'm scared yeah. all day long. Yeah. I got to oh, say. Oh, yeah. God knows. And you know what? I bet a whole bunch of parents, millions of parents out there are equally scared all the time because, yeah. you know, it, it's a battlefield out there. And the people who, yeah. and I keep hearing about these responsible gun owners who are going to step yeah. up one of these days. And because we can't do anything because we're liberals and we all hate people and we hate guns and everything's bad. And um, I'm tired of waiting for responsible gun owners to do anything. Responsible gunners got us into this mess. And I don't think they can get us out. I think the people like youngest child will get us out of this mess. Yeah. Yeah. Put that burden on her. Lordy, there are secret tapes of Giuliani on Dominion. My goodness. Abby Grossberg, the former Tucker Carlson producer fired by the network, claims in amended legal complaints filed on Tuesday that there are secret Fox audio recordings of former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani and other Trump allies. Grossberg has accused Fox News of pressuring her to give false testimony in the Dominion Voting Systems lawsuit. In the tapes, Giuliani admits that there is no evidence of the 2020 presidential election being stolen. So Giuliani knew goddamn well the election was legit, and so did Trump and Fox News and everybody. A Delaware Superior Court judge sanctioned Fox News for withholding evidence in the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems. Because judges hate it when that happens, they by do. the way, Drip Class. Judge Eric Davis said Fox lawyers had previously, quote, represented to him more than once, unquote, that Rupert Murdoch was only an officer at Fox Corp and didn't have any role at Fox News. The sanction against Fox News came after Dominion lawyers revealed Fox has been delinquent turning over required material. That includes recordings of former Trump lawyers Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani telling host Maria Bartiromo that they had no evidence of the Dominion election fraud they were hawking. I don't think this sanction is enough. Um, The sanction is they have to pay for all the depositions that they that would have been done anyway, based on the information they held back. That's, you know, sofa change to them. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that this is the first of many, many beatdowns they're going to be taking in court. Yeah. Because the judge is pissed. 
Yeah. yeah. And there's more lawsuits against Fox coming. And oh, yeah. The, their shareholders are suing them now, too. Yeah. And the other voting uh, machine companies that were also slandered are, will be coming in right behind them. And on and on and on. I think Fox News is just in for a series of beatdowns. And they might escape with a series of settlements that will harm them financially, but keep them intact. But, you know, at some point, you just got to beat them to their knees and not stop until they collapse. Mm-hmm. You just can't, mm-hmm. you can't let them up anymore. You can't let them right. off the mat. You go, well, they've learned their lesson. You can't go Susan Collins on these people anymore. Nope. They nope. never learned their lesson, ever. The yep. only lesson they ever learned by, by being merciful is that mercy is for stupid people. And I can take advantage of it. If you just, if you take your foot off my neck for one second, I'll kill you. So yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Um, in other news that took place in a courtroom, on-site law enforcement has confirmed that there were zero people crying when Donald Trump was arrested. It's all bullshit. Sir. 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 Sweaty bald men came up to me crying as if they had, were giving birth through their ass and going, <laughs> sir, sir, you're the sweetest, most wonderful, sweet smelling man I've ever met. I bet your dick is a mile long. All <laughs> of it's a lie. All that, all that happened was he got the door slammed in his face. He was sullen. He was apparently just, and he pled the fifth 400 times and went on Truth Social to to whine about it. So, you know, eat shit, Donald. Eat shit, Donald. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is a dog, Juniper Louise. Juniper Louise has hairy ears and mismatched eyes and the biggest dog smile you ever saw. We love her so much. And of course... Juniper Louise eats freshly poured pet food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store direct, your pets will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh my Lord, it's freshly poured. You can visit Juniper Louise, whose face will cheer you up for certain, at our Facebook page or website, and you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write to us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. It's a labor of love. We love doing it, but we need your support. I know it's tax weekend for a lot of you. We've heard from people who are waiting for their tax refunds to come before they can support us. You can support us annually, just one time, at Patreon, or and that's patreon.com slash proleftpod, or uh, send us a check, or anyway, you just go to proleftpod.com, and there's all the ways you can support us are there. You know, Blue Gal, uh, it was fun what? this week, a weekend, listening to youngest child talk about paying her taxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had to pay less than $100. Yeah. I What? what? I got to pay $80? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, 60, then a 20. What? What is this? And just, I remember yeah. being that age and going, yep. wait a minute. What? What? Uh, I, I don't understand. Well. We had a long talk about finances. Yeah, we had a long talk about uh, withholding. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. And not not in the emotional sense, in the no, financial No, she sense. needs to get her withholding up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was brought uh, back a anyway, lot of fond memories. We, we, we do hear from people every year saying, as soon as my tax refund comes, and they do, and people do send in 
you know, uh, a tithe or whatever, whatever portion of their tax refund they, they can to support the show. And we really do appreciate that. Uh, please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, please get someone else to listen to. And thank you for doing that. Uh, we had car repairs this week. Yes, we, we did. <sighs> Necessary. This is a repair. Yeah, we didn't get a trick. We sat out. on the sofa and went, well, that's going to be $400. And it turned out to be, what, like $700? Something Not like twice that. that. Yeah. 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 No. It, it, hey, it, it'll get us through the summer. It might even get us to Chicago next year. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Who knows? It's a, it's a 2012 minivan. So it, it's the mystery machine. And we just drive around <laughs> the Midwest having liberal adventures like we do. Uh, we're not, we're, you know, if we, I keep saying, and and Batocchio has said to many times, you know, Team Evil pays. They do. If you switch and become go to the dark side, you're rich. But we we drive a 2012 van and live in a tiny little house. You know what? And uh, don't sleep on a bed of money, but we we sleep soundly, knowing that we're we're trying to make the world a better place. We could go to the 2024 um, convention as Newsmax correspondents and. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I could keep up that act for more oh. than a few minutes. Well, you don't have to. You just, and now over to you, Mark Halperin. And that's all you got to do. <laughs> He's not wearing pants? Yes. Why, why would okay. he? This is a convention. It's hot outside. <laughs> hey, Drift Class. How are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, look out. The Internet Kitties say rest in laughter to Mad Magazine's Al Jaffe. Amen to that. Amen to that. Hey, let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. A professional left podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2023 DGBG Productions.